Welcome to the Moss Valley Pod and thanks for tuning in once again. Coming up on today's pod, the usual Bible reading, reflection and prayers, community information and shout outs. We've also got the next instalment of the Brain of the Week quiz for you to exercise all those grey cells over the weekend. I'm not sure who writes the lectionary, but at the moment, the readings that we have set seem to be apt for the time that we're living in. Once again, we have a reading which speaks directly into today's situation as the world fights against coronavirus. Today's reading from the book of Exodus comes just before the crossing of the Red Sea as Pharaoh gives chase to the Israelites. So, without further ado, we hear our reading from Exodus chapter 13 verse 17 through to chapter 14 verse 14. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God thought, if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt, prepared for battle. And Moses took with him the bones of Joseph, who had required a solemn oath of the Israelites, saying, God will surely take notice of you, and then you must carry my bones with you from here. They set out from Succoth and camped at Etham, on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light, so that they might travel by day and by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pihahiroth, between Migdol and the sea, in front of Baal Zaphon. You shall camp opposite it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, They are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has closed in on them. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, so that I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the minds of Pharaoh and his officials were changed towards the people, and they said, What have we done, letting Israel leave our service? So he had his chariot made ready, and took his army with him. He took six hundred picked chariots and all of the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh king of Egypt and pursued the Israelites who were going out boldly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his chariot drivers and his army. They overtook them and camped by the sea, by Pihahiroth in front of Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, 
Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you only have to keep still. As we think about this reading, we reflect on the Israelites leaving the security of what they knew for a place that they do not know along a path that they're unsure of. For many generations, the Israelites had been held captive in Egypt. They were no longer the people who were looked to for the wisdom that they professed. They, in the days of Joseph, they were respected because the Egyptians knew that God was with them. God, through Joseph and the Israelites, had saved them all through a famine that had engulfed all of the known world. How things have changed. Now they were slaves, people the Egyptians were scared of. They were oppressed because Pharaoh was worried that they might gain too much power and overthrow his leadership. So Pharaoh asserts his authority, puts the Israelites under the thumb and gets them to make his name great. God then acts, brings freedom to the Israelites and works to uproot them and take them somewhere much better. But along the way, there are struggles. This is just one of many. Just as things look tricky, they'd rather go back to the regular beatings and humiliation that they'd endured rather than stick it out. The familiar, although terrible, was so much better than the insecurity that they now faced, even though they could see God leading them as a pillar of cloud and fire. How true of today. Our usual rhythms and routines have been thrown completely upside down. Even those who don't like their work are clambering for some sort of normality. Those who positively hate their jobs are itching to get back to normal. Being uprooted and unsure is terrifying and, I'm sure it's fair to say, many of us long for the way things were just a few short weeks ago. But never fear. Just as for the Israelites, God was in their midst. Yesterday, I watched in awe as Captain Ton Moore completed his 100 laps of his garden challenge a full fortnight before his 100th birthday. Look at the army of people who are putting their hands up to get on the front line to do their bit to help out. I would call this evidence of God at work, using people and their skills to help others. How much do we need to hear today the words of Moses that he shared with the Israelites way back then? The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. God is at work, mightily and powerfully, and all we've got to do is sit and wait. Let us pray to God, who alone makes us dwell in safety. If you wish to join in with the prayers, when I say, Lord, hear us, please respond, Lord, graciously hear us. For all who are affected by coronavirus, through illness or isolation or anxiety, that they may find relief and recovery. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who are guiding our nation at this time and shaping national policies, that they may make wise decisions. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For doctors, nurses and medical researchers, 
that through their skill and insights, many will be restored to health. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For the vulnerable and the fearful, for the gravely ill and the dying, that they may know your comfort and peace. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has told us in the words of the Lord's Prayer in its traditional form. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. On the notices front today, I want to pay particular tribute to those who are raising funds to support the NHS. Especially, I'd like to pay tribute to 99-year-old Captain Tom Moore, who has walked 100 lengths of his garden to raise money for the NHS. And yesterday he did it live on the BBC. Having aimed to reach £1,000 originally, he's managed to raise, at time of recording, £13 million. The word legend gets overused, but I think it's most appropriate for Captain Moore. You are a legend. I also want to pay tribute to some of our key workers. Today, those key workers are all at Cam's school. As a governor there, and therefore possibly quite biased, I've seen all the hard work and effort that all the teachers and other staff have been putting in, not just providing resources to help homeschooling, but also contacting their classes by email and through other media. I know that this is also true from schools up and down the country and across our parish. So, Mr Cocking, Mrs Eyre, Mrs Crotty, Miss Blacklock, Mr Hill, Miss Beadle, Mr Blake, Mrs Lily, Mrs Barton, Miss Hall, Mrs Kerry, Mr Windsor, Mrs Welsh and all of the staff at CAMS and all the other schools, thank you so very much. You can get your shout out onto the pod too. You can email mossvalley.pod at eckingtonchurch.org.uk or leave a message for us via the app or at anchor.fm forward slash mossvalleypod. I'll leave this section of the pod with a message sent in by Don, which was recorded on Good Friday. Thank you for the services so far this Easter. An excellent um, substitute for the real thing. Pity we can't do the real thing, but uh, a very good second best. Uh, now, really looking forward to uh, hearing the Easter Day morning service um, with anticipation. Well done. Thank you.
So here we are again. That music is playing in the background. It's been a long fortnight since the last one, so it must be time for Brain of the Week. If you're a new listener, welcome. Brain of the Week is named after Mr. Malabone, my maths teacher at secondary school. At the end of each week, he'd set a quiz. The person who got the most right was given the coveted title of Brain of the Week. For the record though, I never won it. It's just a bit of fun for over the weekend to keep those grey cells exercised. I dropped a bit of a hint as to the theme of this one on Wednesday. Reasoning is currently part of the national curriculum for primary school children. So, this week's challenge is all about logic and reasoning. Of course, this being brain of the week, we've turned the dial up to 11. There is only one question this week. It's been set by Warwick Cairns in one of his books. Whilst I believe in academic honesty, I don't want to give away which one, just in case you sneak a look. I will reveal all on Monday though. A bit of background first. Cairns was called as an expert witness when market traders wanted to keep selling their fruit and veg by the pound rather than the kilogram. He is an expert on the history of measurement. And that is a clue. Anyway, in one of his books, he explains the connection between a solid rocket booster for launching into space and a horse's bottom. Your challenge for Brain of the Week is to work out what this link is using logic and reasoning. I'll give you another clue to get you started. Solid rocket boosters are built in Utah, USA, and then launched in Florida. Let us know how you get on via the Anchor app though, through anchor.fm forward slash mossvalleypod, or via email mossvalley.pod at eckingtonchurch.org.uk. Good luck. Many thanks for listening to the Moss Valley Pod, recorded in Eckington, Derbyshire, England. This has been made possible by the good people at Anchor.fm. Sending you all good wishes. Until next time, take care, be safe, God bless.